Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? I did. That was in, that was the first. <laughs> I'm going to leave that in. That was the first time I've ever had that. I've done a million Zoom podcasts, and I've never had Zoom talk to me like that. That was fucking. Have you ever heard <laughs> that in any Zooms you've done? No, man. So uh, I thought it was. I, by the way, I dig your whole setup. So I just figured that was like par for the course, kind of keeping up with your professionalism. Oh, yeah, yeah. It definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was fucking weird. Hey, guys, what's good? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Uh, very excited. Um, learning new things about my uh, Zoom, uh, t- the Zoom website and the Zoom uh, app and all this other shit. But also, more importantly, I'm very fucking, ha- very fucking happy, very fucking excited to have KP Burke here with me. KP, how you doing, dude? What's up, brother? I'm happy to be here, man. Hell yeah. Um, how, have you, how have you been, man? Good. It's, uh, I think... I'm not even, this isn't even a bit that I'm doing or anything like that, but I did lose 70 pounds during COVID. And now that it's going away, I've gained like 30 of it back. Dude, I've been hearing that a lot where, um, I forget who the fuck I, I remember I was talking to, uh, you know, Lev fur. Uh, yeah. Uh, by I was, name. I was talking to him at the stand one. I'm not like, you know, we're not like tight or nothing, but I remember talking to him. He had the same thing where he put on a shit ton of weight over COVID and he's like now, but I've heard that so many different people who put on a, like, I I forget who I saw some person like put on a bunch, took off a bunch, put on a bunch. It's been, it's been wild, man. How have you been? uh, What's like the biggest thing you've gotten from COVID that you were just, cause I know for me, I was a, I was a part of that big wave where we're like, all right, first six months, we're just going to be alcoholics. <laughs> and then, and then it finally hit me and actually not to keep going on a ramp, but I found my, I, I, I discovered my new perfect uh, now method of drinking, which is get hammered every two weeks because you like, you have fun and then you build up that you build up that space to kind of like reset yourself. So it makes it fun every time you don't get into that, like that, that, uh, the daily thing of it where it starts shifting over to be like, well, now this is just what I do to get up during the day. It, <laughs> like you help reset yourself. Have you been you're doing a uh, intermittent boozing? That's what you're doing. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, I, I think your two weeks thing is perfect too, by the way. Cause I, I went from, I quit drinking during, uh, cause it was getting bad. I was getting drunk like twice a day. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you wake up in the morning, like, all right, we'll do a couple of beers to make the headache go away. Then you're like getting shit done around the house and you're sitting there like, all right, time to kick my feet up and watch a movie or something. And then that's when you make the, the last run to the liquor store. Mm-hmm. So then I went on like a, a crazy, I went on like a hundred something days without drinking at all. And then, mm-hmm. uh, then I, you know, it always happens. You wind up falling back into it a little bit. And then you get, uh, you try to pick up where you left off where you're like, yeah, I can do 12. I used to do 12 beers all the time. That's not a problem. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, so now I think what I'm doing, cause I'm, I'm back working, uh, a day gig doing construction and, mm. uh, that job you can't show up messed up to. So that's like reinforcing positive behavior, if you will. But Every now and then, man, you just got to fucking blow your brains out with it. I don't know, dude. Some construction jobs, construction's funny because it's like, now I've never worked construction specifically, but I've like always done construction adjacent, like warehouse work and shit like that. Yeah. And those, those are one of those where you're like, yeah, dude, you can absolutely not show up fucked up or you can and you crush it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, met, I've met dudes that and uh, working in kitchens. I've met so many dudes who are just like, yeah, I am fucked up out of my mind. And then they're just crushing it in the back. Uh, it's, I'll tell you what, it's a club that uh, you and me were hanging at recently. I'll say that. Um, a club, a comedy club you and I were hanging out at. And I know a couple of the staff members over there. And they told me that uh, if you see a red solo cup in like their little break area, okay. it's usually full of straight vodka, a little bit of cranberry juice. Oh, uh, okay. And that's like the fucking, oh, dude, I remember that. Have you ever worked in restaurants? Uh, just in high school. I worked at uh, a pizza place. Okay. Yeah. I worked in uh yeah, a restaurant for about three years right after college. And yeah, it's just all the time. The You go to the bar, you get leftover, <laughs> you get like the leftover amount when they're mixing the drinks and shit. <laughs> that's a fun one. That's a fun one. I, I forget exactly what they would call it. Like, Cause there's one, there's one where, and this is one of those things that I don't think is real. I think someone made up and then they start doing it. Like that's my theory on like an upper decker. 
You know, like an upper decker where they talk about shitting. Of in the, course. I, I don't think anyone ever did that. I think people made it up and then they started doing it to fulfill, you know, to fulfill the prophecy. <laughs> I've never done a, a legit upper decker, but I do still think it's hilarious to piss in the, uh, the, the tank on the back of the toilet and then have piss come in to clean it. <laughs> it's a solid move. It's like real. Yeah, that's just pure chaos. That's fucking uh, piss cleaning piss. That's just a fucking pure chaos. Um, yeah, no, but like there, there'd be the one drink where this was like legend. I've never seen it where they would just clean the bar off with all the leftover booze and then wring out the thing into a cup. And then apparently that was a fucking thing, but I don't know. What did you, what's the name for it that you had? Cause I, I grew up knowing it by a certain name and I'm, I'd love it if you knew it too. I think it was called the Jersey Turnpike. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was, uh, they did that one time at this, uh, I, I, <laughs> I have a lot of friends in uh, Bayonne, New Jersey. So whenever you'd go down there, like Bayonne's such a weird town too. Cause it's okay. like, that's like in Bayonne, you go from being 11 to 22, like overnight pretty much down there where it's like, uh, Hey, I'm, I'm in a little league game. And then right after they're like, all right, so I'm going to start drinking now. So those guys would occasionally do that. We'd be like 17 years old getting served in bars down there. And then uh, that was the whole thing was at the end. Of, it was an EMT bar where all the first aid squad guys hung out and they would say like, Oh yeah. Uh, if you, you know, whoever does the Jersey Turnpike tonight, will uh, will cover your bar tab. Mm. So I didn't have the balls to go through with it, man. But I do know one guy that uh, he tried to take a sip of it, and it was pretty disgusting, apparently. Yeah, I know. Now I'm not gonna act like, oh, I'm Mr. Fucking Hardcore, but I think also too, it's depending how deep in my bar tab was. Like if I had a night where I went a little bit too far, like farther than I thought I was gonna, I would definitely like minimum consider it. Because <laughs> that's definitely you were saying in Bayonne is uh is that where you wait where did you grow up? I grew up in Wayne, New Jersey. Oh, okay. So did you were were you a part of that that uh that group of kids who you said like you go from eleven to twenty two? Did you start drinking early? No, I, I it was weird, dude. Um, so I met all those. This I'm not even making this up. It was uh the guys were from uh, Bayonne. They were in a Boy Scout troop down there, and they. <laughs> Sometimes on Boy Scout camping weekends, we'd wind up like, be, you know, being at the same place with them. And those kids were like bringing bottles of like 151 with them and stuff like that. Or walking around with like a cup with just, you know, sipping on rum all day. Okay. And so those guys were getting hardcore right away. I didn't really start drinking until I was, I mean, I started drinking like steadily around 20. But all through high school, I never really drank much, man. I think I drank, I, I got drunk once to see what it was all about. And then I think maybe I drank at least maybe a handful of times beforehand. But all my degeneracy came after I turned 20. Mm, no, I was the same way. I didn't start. I think I got drunk once or twice in high school. I remember it was my one buddy's 16th birthday party and we got and this I think let me let me know if you are you like a big drinker now? I have my moments with it. Uh, what, what's like your fate out of all, you know, all the vices? What is drinking your favorite one? Um, I would say, yeah, definitely. Because I believe it or not, uh, I, I don't have any sort of a good relationship with pot. I never like worked for me. Damn, gave dude. It a shot. dude, I'm the same way. Cause like, yeah, if you look at like the first time I got drunk versus the first time I got high, like the first time I got drunk, it, me and my, my buddy was turning 16. Uh, one of our older friends hooked us up with some liquor. I think we managed to get so like everyone brought some shit and it just, the night just went well. Like, I, I don't remember having a hangover. Like it just, <laughs> we were just ha like funny, just funny drunk shit kept happening and it was good. First time I got high, it was weird. I remember, like, it hit me. We were going, walking to a turkey hill. It hit me in the middle of a busy intersection, and I, like, fucking just stopped to be like, whoa, what's going on? And then, like, cars are going by, and I'm like, shit. So, and then, <laughs> and then I'm hanging out with a bunch of dudes who were, like, uh, what is it? It's a bunch of it's a bunch of my buddies' friends. So I'm hanging out with just a bunch of dudes, and they're all into anime. So I'm like high, and they're watching weird anime and all. It, it wasn't like a horrible experience, but it was just the first time drinking for the first time getting high was just a so much better uh, experience. What was your first time getting high like? Um, all right, so you're gonna think this is nuts, but I'm not exaggerating here. The first drug I ever did was uh, mushrooms. For real? What age? Uh, so 25. Oh, okay. Yeah, because pretty much like 19 to... Like, I, I signed the papers when I was 19, but I left when I was 20 to go into the military. 
And then uh, I wound up doing six years in the Navy. I was living down in Florida. And then I got into comedy down there. And one of my buddies, because I, I was telling my friends, like, dude, I'm, I'm, I would like to try acid. That was what I was going to start with. That was going to be my intro to the world of drugs, if you will. But, really? So wait, I'm sorry to cut you off, but like, you're good. So you've drunk, you, you drank alcohol at this point. You've done, oh, yeah. and you've done, but besides like weed, acid, shroom, you, you haven't done anything like that yet. Uh, so yeah, at this point I was drinking, but that was, uh, that was it. That was all I was really messing with. I think uh, I had a couple of weird, good stories about taking uh, Ambien back in the day where I, <laughs> apparently whatever it is, like your brain <laughs> processes, like how far, how many steps it would take to go from your bedroom to the bathroom in the middle of the night. So uh, apparently what happened for me was I got up one night when I was on Ambien um, and the girl I was living with at the time, she told me she was mad about it at the time. But um, apparently I got up and I walked and then I hit the wall and then I just kept walking into the wall for a couple of minutes. And then she said that all of a sudden she could hear me pissing. Hmm. And uh, so I did the exact amount of steps to get from the bedroom to the bathroom. But uh, I just did them while I was walking into the wall, wound up pissing all over a fucking bookcase. <laughs> That's so, hilarious. Yeah. But uh, I was drinking. I mean, I, I was, don't get me wrong. Like I've had, I think down South it was different too, because uh, you could like beer drinking during the day. Is so accepted down there. Yeah. Like day drinking is not a thing. Um, it, it's like a lifestyle for them. And then uh, up here, it's like, uh, that's where the hard liquor winds up getting you, man. You know, cause you can't get hard liquor down South. I mean, I don't know what's, uh, I don't know if wherever, where else you've lived, but to get hard liquor, you got to go to an ABC store, but you can go to a gas station and get beer. Oh, you know what? That makes sense. Cause it depends. Here's my, my, like, uh, my knowledge of some of the down south. Do you ever see the movie SLC punk? Yes. <laughs> that was like, I remember that was like a huge reference point for that shit where you're like, cause in the movie they have the whole scene where they break down about how to get alcohol and you basically have to go like you have to go to a different county or a different city or whatever because oh by the fucking mormons and shit it's intentionally like the beer is intentionally a lower alcohol content you can't get liquor so wait you were when you say down south that you mean florida or so uh i was yeah it was florida but it was uh jacksonville florida so i was the north end like as soon as you drive into florida you're pretty much in jacksonville and it's hard to get and it's hard to get hard liquor there not hard but you have to like make a, a there has to be an effort because you'd have to go to like an ABC store or a specific liquor store to go get it. Meanwhile, you can, again, gas station, go into a Publix or something. I mean, that's so funny considering like the whole, and you know, it's rightfully earned, but the whole like Florida man meme, you just like, <laughs> like Florida just in general um, has gotten this like rep of just being the wild West and just crazy shit. But there's still, it almost reminds me of like fucking, it, 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 living in Jersey now, and then every time we go to PA, we always have to rem like if me and my wife are going to visit our parents, we always have to remember you got to go to two stores because my wife will get wine and I'll get beer, so we have to go to like two fucking stores every time. I would never guess Florida's like that. No, they're goofy, dude. It was like um, so uh, one time I I did find a place that was selling both. It was nearby uh, one of my old apartments down there, and uh, okay. the guy he was cool. Uh, yeah little tiny like german dude or something like that but he gets so excited when i'd walk in because he'd be you know i'd ask him what kind of oh anything interesting beer wise you guys have and then the one time he actually got me to buy uh it was a fire extinguisher that shot vodka how big was it not that big it was like maybe the size of uh like this microphone so it's like maybe yeah i would say it was like a, a regular bottle of vodka but just they had this mechanism mm -hmm. in it where you'd pull this little handle and it, would, it was shaped like a fire extinguisher it looked like a fire and then it would just pour the uh um it's like a squirt gun for vodka pretty much that's def they definitely sell that you ever see those like dudes on instagram who are like they're like i just i just professionally i party for a living like what's that uh, one that i know one the dude, type like slut whisperer i think is the biggest one <laughs> <laughs> um but though that's so, so the, the the one thing i was asking earlier we got on a slight tangent but i was asking about with um because i wanted to clarify about the drugs because you said like your first step besides alcohol, your first step into like doing drugs was acid. I, cause that's I, I just wanted it to be acid. I, I told my buddy, I was like, I, cause acid amused me. Cause I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to go on like a journey in my own head. That's kind of cool. That's always appealed to me. Okay. Um, cause that's interesting to me because, and it probably has something to do with the name. And I remember talking to 
one dude and he told me randomly like he did a bunch of acid when he was younger and he told me he was at his like he was like a car salesman and he was at his job and he was on a smoke break and he like cracked his neck a certain way Mm -hmm. and like he claimed it released acid and he was like high for the next hour or two and i'm like that's scary as shit (laughs) and it made me like those two things i think made me like afraid of acid so why was it why was it the thing you were like this is where i'm jumping off at well, the, the idea of the uh, hallucinogens was always appealing to me where I was like, all right, cool. So you're going to, you know, because I, I mean, I like thinking a lot. I read a lot and stuff mm-hmm. too. So I was like, all right, so that'd be kind of cool. That at least sounds like it'd be uh, a fun journey. But I, like, I think I got a pretty strong mind. So I, I said, let's figure out some shit in there. And my buddy goes, nah, dude, you can't do acid first. Go around. You got to do uh, mushrooms first just to kind of like ease into it. Okay. And, so, and that wound up being like one of the the best things going on because my, my life was in a real rough spot at the time and uh we had like a really good trip or whatever it was me and my buddy billy and um then like three days later uh i was living on at this point within three days between the two times i tripped uh my engagement fell apart my wedding got called off i wound up uh, uh moving out of my house and all i had was me and my dog and i was living on my buddy billy's couch because uh, i was moving back up to jersey in a couple of days and uh so we went down to like the most depressed I've ever been in my life. I walked off stage at the Jacksonville Comedy Zone. It was my last time uh, doing comedy down there uh, for a couple of years until I went back down. But uh, I walked off stage. We ate the mushrooms. And from the Comedy Zone down to Jacksonville Beach is about a 35 to 40 minute ride. So that, that first hour just coming up on mushrooms or whatever. By the time we got down there, we were feeling pretty good. And I remember walking out on the beach and just seeing the stars. And uh, it looked like a blueprint for like God telling you, here's how to build your own universe, dude. <laughs> and it was probably the most important thing. Because then you just, I'm thinking about my family and stuff. I was like, all right, cool. I'm moving back up to Jersey. I'm going to, you know, chase comedy full time. It was like this very big moment for me. And, uh, you know, so mushrooms, very, very, very cool. Uh, anytime I did acid, though, I only had one bad trip, but that, you know, I, I understand. I'm very grateful that my buddy stopped me from myself by saying, no, 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 try this first, then do acid. Okay. And when you say bad, when you say bad trip, what is that? Cause like, I'm, I'm, I'm always curious about that. Cause like my buddies have been, I used to be like a fucking, I just drink and I don't do drugs and da, da, da. not like being like a fucking, uh, uh, I don't know, like a, like a narc about it or whatever. I just, it was like always not for me. And then whenever hearing people talk about like bad trip and I never took the time to really like get into what that means, like what, 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 what constitutes like a bad trip and like, what was yours like? All right. So I'm kind of, uh, this was, I'm smart enough to do something really dumb, if that makes any sense. So anytime I did acid, it was pretty enjoyable, relatively enjoyable. Um, so acid is LSD. There's a thing called LSA, which is okay. like the naturally occurring thing. Uh, and it exists in morning glory seeds. So what are those? Uh, morning glory is like a plant, okay. a flower something. So what I did is I bought morning glory seeds on Amazon, had them shipped to the house. And then I was reading about it on uh, one of those websites. And what the guy was saying goes, oh yeah, um, crush up like 200 seeds for like a a very, like a pretty strong experience or whatever, crush up uh, 200 seeds in like a blender with orange juice and drink it. And so I did that. And uh, I remember I've like planned out everything too. I was like, all right, so I'm not going anywhere. I've nothing, you know, no work tomorrow, nowhere to be anything like that. I have the house to myself. It's all good. So I came home, uh, drank the the 200 seeds with the orange juice. And then like 20 minutes later, I just started violently puking Mm. like real bad. And then I sat there and was like, all right, so I'm done puking now. Um, but, you know, what? I set all this time aside. No one else is going to be here. Let, let me figure out what I got to do here. So I'm reading the website again. They're like, oh, uh, if you have nausea, you can put this in it as well. I think it was like mixing it with pomegranate juice instead. Okay. So I crushed up 200 more seeds and then uh, tried it again. And then what I didn't realize is that puking is part of the process with that. That's what acid is, is that it takes away the nausea and like the getting sick part. So I accidentally just double dosed myself with fucking <laughs> LSA and uh, I, I was projectile vomiting for hours and then it, it was as close to like an ayahuasca thing. Like when I hear people describe that to me, it sounds so much. I was just going to say that because like anytime I've heard uh, anyone talk about ayahuasca, they always be like, you have, you puke, but like, that's part of it. Yeah. Which is weird because I wound up feeling better. And I remember like, uh, 
Oh yeah, puking always makes you feel better. <laughs> anytime, anytime I have to puke, the only reason I don't puke is some weird pride thing in your head where you're like, "No, I'm stronger than that. I don't have to puke." And you're like, "No, dude, just do it. You're gonna feel great." <laughs> there were times drinking beer, like like heavy, you know, uh, beer drinking days when I was like uh, playing on a softball team or something like that. That mm. uh, it, with I remember running, uh, I had a double, and I, I as I pretty much almost slid head first in to make the double. Um, I freaking stood up and just puked in the corner over there. And then the deal was, I knew what was going to happen. Uh, like I, I ran off, I puked in the woods real quick, came back and then just drank a beer in the dugout in the next inning. It was like, all right, we're good. You covered your bases. That post, yeah, that post beer puke or uh, wait, the post puke beer is a, it's a <laughs> solid, it's a solid beer. I would always, I would always puke, especially in college because, um, like you, I didn't start drinking, or I forget exactly, but I, I drank a little bit in high school, and I didn't do my main drinking until I started college, so I was never good at chugging, and then there would be so many times, we'd be like, I'd have like half a beer, and we'd be at a party, and my friends would be like, all right, we're getting out of here, and I'd fucking go to chug it, and then on the walk to the next thing, I'd be like, let me drink that too quick. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> so, um... Weird so to wait. see people getting proud about chugging. That one always threw me for like I I like to I drink pretty quick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'll I'll go through I'll go through six to eight beers and not know that I've you know without paying attention kind of a thing. Dude, but, you know what and I don't want to get too far from the acid, uh, but <laughs> dude, you know what makes me I've been seeing it more, uh or not more, but still the fucking you'll see the video you'll see some college kid he'll have like a fucking he'll have a big thing of jack daniels then he does the straw thing and then you just see him drink the whole jack daniels like it's a fucking a big glass of iced tea and then two things one bro i don't know if you know this there's a million of these videos we've already seen it it's not like fun anymore it's not like you don't have the holy shit and two can we please see the next hour of that kid's night like why are we cutting it off <laughs> after he finishes the drink that's not the interesting part anymore i want to see the kid try not to die now like that's the part i want to see you ever um you ever have to go partying down on like seaside heights or anything like that uh not seaside specifically but yeah you know like shore towns and stuff so it was uh we were down in seaside and this is one of the greatest things i've ever seen in my life it was uh two bouncers were pulling a kid out who was like clearly out on his like he was getting dragged across the dance floor okay but they had him hooked one under each arm so it was two bouncers one on each side of him dragging him out and the kid actually grabbed a drink off a table as he was and then put the the straw in his mouth and started sipping it on the way out as he was being dragged. I was like, this is the most gangster shit I've ever seen. Damn, dude. They should have just fucking turned right back around, sat him down, and just found someone to fucking suck him off. That's, that's, <laughs> that's like, like if you're the bouncer and you see that, you just turn to the kid. You're like, all right, you win. You can stay for 10 more minutes. <laughs> well, I didn't know you were going to be the king of this place, sir. Sorry about that. Enjoy oh, your night. I didn't realize we were kicking out the guy with the biggest cock. Uh, <laughs> that's so fucking funny. Um, so yeah, back to the acid. So where were we? You 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 puked and then took more and then realized you double dosed yourself. Is that where we yeah. were? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was. Uh, so this is a uh, LSA. This is a uh, morning glory seed. So I'm sitting there and I'm I'm losing my mind, and. Uh, my sister and her girlfriend wind up coming home like around 11 and I'm just telling them like, yeah, I, don't, I, I told her what I did. Like, cause I'm, I'm, my sister's pretty cool. So I was like, Hey, I, I took this. It's kind of like acid. I'm not feeling great. So just keep tabs on me kind of a thing, but you can't keep anything down that way. Like any water I drank, it was like, I was going to wind up puking again. I remember sitting in the bathroom, just the wallpaper started dancing on me. That was pretty mm -hmm. cool. Wait, wait. So when you say dancing, is it like, because I, I, I know like a lot of times they'll say like you see the shit in front of you, front of you kind of vibrate. It wasn't literally like, it's was it like moving around and shit? Yeah, like it, it looked like if I was in a, a, to try to describe it, I would say like a waterfall of the colors that were in the patterns of the wallpaper. Okay, okay. So it was, yeah, everything was, it, it kind of was uh, Matrix-y like, which was pretty cool. Gotcha. Okay, so the, the walls are dancing. Yeah, you're, feeling, you're feeling fucked up. Now, the worst part of this one was, and this is the definition of a bad trip, and this freaked me the fuck out, the second part of it. But uh, at one point, I remember going upstairs and trying to lay down in my room. And, you know, I don't know if you ever did any hardcore hallucinogens. You really can't sleep on the hardcore ones. Okay. So I'm sitting there, and uh, I'm not able to sleep. I'm just kind of shaking my foot the entire time. 
I wind up getting up and walking around into the corner of my room and it's just me walking back and forth a lot. And then I turned around and saw my body still in the bed. Hmm. So, and then I, uh, I now when you I, say, we say like, do you remember it? Like, Oh, it was my body, but it was kind of like hazy or was it just like, that's my fucking body right there. Like can't see through it. Nothing. Yeah. I thought I died. Oh, that's um, why. So, okay. And then that goes to my other question I was going to ask. Like, in this moment, because um, th this is my problem. Like, anytime I've gotten, like, uh, super high uh, on, like, weed or whatever, I, for, I, like, you, like, forget that. I forget I'm fucked up. And, <laughs> and then, and then in, I forget I'm fucked up. I then, in turn, don't like the feeling and then I get, I freak out because I'm like, this is forever now. Were, yeah. you, were you able to remember you were high on acid? Um, yeah, it was weird things where it's like, uh, I remember I was watching the show Californication at the time. Okay. And that's when like the first wave of it hit. And I was, uh, I remember having the screen paused on an Apple TV and uh, Apple TV, when you leave it on pause for a while, like they put those really cool pictures up. Um, like, like cool, like, like what would have been like screensavers back in the day for us. Yeah. You know, I remember that. Yeah. It would like, wait, was it set up? Cause my dad has an Apple TV and whenever that shit goes on, like the screensaver shit, it'll be whatever pictures are in like iPhoto or something. Oh, thank God. I didn't have that. This was like <laughs> the traditional ones of like, uh, you know, stuff out in the desert or maybe like the temples at like Machu Picchu or something like that. Oh, okay. So did so that end up helping? It did because I remember just getting lost in that for a while and be like this. There were times when it was extremely pleasant, and then there was other times where it was like, "This is fucking brutal." But me convincing, I watched myself die, and I remember like in this moment, like saying goodbye to my family and stuff like that. And um, I, I was picturing the EMTs trying to resuscitate me and stuff like that. Like it was, I pretty much uh, went through what I, I believed to have been my death. Okay. Um, yeah. Then the weirdest one was then my dog came over to like check on me and uh. He, for some reason, showed up as like an old man. Really? Yeah, yeah it was pretty fucking wild. And so I went up feeling a little bit better. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't sleep at all that night. I would say around maybe around like, uh, so I'm like tripping 12, 12 to 13 hours at this point. And then I took the dog for a walk and I was just walking around with him uh, and, and everything looked really cool. The woods were amazing, but I was okay. I could get sentences out and everything. I was very super introverted. I don't want to talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. um, music was overwhelming at the time. And then uh, I wound up going home. And as I was coming down, like maybe five, six hours later, I wound up reading somebody else had almost the exact same trip on Morning Glory that I did. Where they're like, yeah, I, I felt like I died. And then my dog appeared to me as an old man. And I was like, dude, this is, it scared the shit out of me to read it, man. Well, that shit. And you ever hear the same, um, I hear people talking about DMT. And they always have a similar thing that involves yes. like aliens. And that, I, dude, I used to be a real like, you know, anytime people talk about goofy shit like the multiverse and like, you know, there's spiritual. I used to like, I used to just have this hard like, oh, that's fucking gay. That's dumb. That's not real. And then, <laughs> the, dude, the more I heard, the more I heard, I'm like, I'm like, yo, maybe. Like, cause if, here's my thing, man. If everyone's taken, if, if everyone has like the same, a similar trip on DMT or having similar trips, like you said, on More and Glory and stuff. It like it, it it taps into like the hippie side of my brain where I'm thinking, yeah, dude, maybe this shit, maybe this shit does like it's like there's filters on our eyes, and when you take this, it kind of like removes certain filters, so you can. It's almost like putting on 3D glasses. Like you can't see the movie normal, but if you have 3D glasses on, now you can actually see the movie. I, I, the guy I worked for in high school at the pizza place, he was convinced that uh, he could see things with a third eye that was underneath his forehead. Oh, really? Yeah, it was pretty amusing. So what he would do is that he would like put an object in front of it. And he goes, you, you don't feel that? Like he would try to get us to think that we had one too. It was, uh, it was amusing. He was a great human being, but he like, he went down the whole Knights of Columbus thing. As he, uh, he got older too. So he's like knee deep in the conspiracy world. Wait, which one was Knights of Columbus? Knights of Columbus is technically, I mean, that's the Catholic uh, order, if you will. That's not the, they're, I think they're slightly affiliated with Freemasons, but they're not Freemasons. Freemasons are the fucking intense ones. Okay. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Okay. I like vaguely know stuff about all those. I was going to watch a thing on Freemasons, but it was like history channel. And then the dudes in it, 
were like, hi, we're Freemasons. Let's tell, I'm like, oh, I ain't getting the real thing on this shit. <laughs> so I got like 20 minutes in and was just like, nah, I'm not watching this. You want to um, hear the weirdest shit I've ever heard about that whole conspiracy and secret society thing? Yeah. And you know what? This is actually a good segue because I wanted to bring up your um, your podcast for a little bit because I, I, I was <laughs> checking it out and I'm like, oh, this is like such a fun uh, concept and stuff. So you're into like history and all this shit, right? Yeah, I, uh, I got it ingrained in me at a very young age. Uh, me and the old man uh, kind of clicked on history and I would read like crazy about stuff like that. And it's, to me, it's fascinating. It's uh, if you can present history like a movie, so many more people would be interested in it because it's, it's fucking fascinating shit. Nice. Okay, wait. I, um, you know what? I changed the subject too quick. Let's get into the Freemason thing and then we'll talk more about the podcast because I'm in, I love a good conspiracy theory. Like I was just talking to... Uh, bringing up my buddy uh nate marshall i forget if it was before on the podcast but i was talking to nate the other night that new sasquatch documentary that's on hulu <laughs> and i was telling because i was like I, it was so fun we were just randomly in the car going to a show he was talking about something then there's that silence and i just turned to him i go yo you give a fuck about sasquatch and he's like what <laughs> and i start telling him about the documentary and i was like yeah man i just because he's like nah what nah fuck that fuck that and i'm like you yeah, know i don't think sasquatch is real but when i watch those docs i just go yeah dude i'm just gonna act like sasquatch i i agree with these guys 1000 percent, so i can like go on that ride so i'm always about a good conspiracy theory and shit well because it's fun that's why um and, and this is the craziest one. All right, i'll tell you the weird dumb fact that we found and then i'll say the other craziest shit that me and my father just stumbled upon that was like oh jesus are we are we supposed to know this um, <laughs> you thought you found, <laughs> you found secret info that you were gonna get in trouble for it got well because it was i was like this is if more people knew about this there'd be outrage kind of a thing but the gotcha. uh, so my the joke i have that i always say is that uh, alex jones is right about as often as the weatherman hmm. right but when the weatherman's right i don't ask him like follow him around and be like what else do you know um yeah yeah <laughs> so i i've got no hard feelings on alex jones because when he's right about something he's dead right but then there's other times when it's like all right he's just filling the hour um, yeah he's 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 right a good amount it's just it's hard it's hard when like because he's always taking big swings and sometimes you take a big swing and you you think sandy hook didn't happen you know what i mean yeah that's uh that's the one that wound up uh burning him the worst but yeah the stuff he did about skull and bones like that that's a real thing yeah, yeah. At, uh yale so Skull and Bones is wild. We had uh, John Kerry and George W. Bush running against each other in the election. We're both members of Skull and Bones. Both of them refused to talk about Skull and Bones. Um, and then the craziest thing is that other members, like if you look up people who are members of Skull and Bones, it's usually like three or four uh, former CEOs of Exxon. Uh, you know, all these, like, it's a lot of people that are, you know, definitely plugged in for bigger and better things. And then Paul Giamatti. What? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Paul Giamatti is a Yale graduate who is also a member of Skull and Bones. That's so funny because you're like, you all the time, all the time people will be coming at like Jay-Z or Beyonce being like, well, they're clearly in the Illuminati. That's how they're famous. <laughs> and you're like, you're like, why aren't we asking why the fuck Paul Giamatti's famous? <laughs> I mean, he's a good actor. I'll give him props. Uh, but <laughs> it is. But you weren't ready for that name to get attached to that list, That's right? So goddamn funny. How does <laughs> he? He almost just seems like yeah. Paul's fucking Tommy's brother, so we let him hang out. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> what's the the name of the podcast? American Losers, right? Yeah. So it's uh, American Loser, and uh, it's uh, me and uh, I mean, I originally it was written as a book um, that I was gonna put it out as a book. I wanted to do uh, like little biographies on everybody who ran for president and lost. That's, I that so, would... that's so fucking funny because you know what? Yeah, you don't – what do they say? They always say, like, uh, history is written by the winners, and it's always – no one ever talks about stuff like that. That, would, that, that sounds so fucking interesting. Well, it was going to be fun, man, writing it out as a book, and then my buddy was like, actually, you should try to pitch this as a TV show. And then uh, as I was sitting there, like, well, what's the best way to do that? And they're like, oh, actually, just do it as a podcast right now, and that way you own everything. Well, also, too, dude, fucking my wife's into all the, you know, the term South Park coin, quote unquote, murder porn. She's into all that. And it's actually gotten to a point where, 
like every third or fourth show she's watching, she goes, oh yeah, this used to be a podcast because the podcasters, when they do that murder porn shit, they're borderline like investigative journalists. There's been a handful that I have actually like helped solve cases because the I love that show lore. I don't know if you ever, it, lore started out it. as a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of it. I haven't checked it out. That's always yeah. the Spotify always suggests that when I'm looking for new podcasts. So what do you, what do you guys do? with yours like i saw you do it with your dad that's kind of uh interesting why how, why'd you decide to do it with your dad well, i was trying to fit because if it's just me ranting alone in a room it's not as good you know and then uh almost any time that i came up with something that i thought would be a good topic i'd wind up calling him to talk to him about it anyway so i was like all right we should probably just make this part the podcast and he reels me and i try to throw jokes in as much as i can to kind of keep things uh add a little levity to the podcast, but he does like some hardcore research. He's a retired shop teacher too. So he, he likes to sit there. He's uh he's where the credibility for the show comes in. Gotcha. Okay. So he's got the free time to really do the research. He does some heavy duty research. And then we got uh, there's a little like weird, like motifs that kind of uh, we stumbled upon too, where it's like almost everything ties back into New Jersey in some way, shape mm-hmm. or form. For real. Yeah. It's wild, dude. We had, um, uh, I mean, people have, a president has been, uh, has died here in Jersey. You know, mm. uh, the presidential retreat used to be in Long Branch, New Jersey. Okay. So the summer home or the summer White House, if you will, used to be pretty much where Brighton Bar was down by uh, Angela uh, Gingerelli, if you know all those guys. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense too, especially if you got some like mini Camp David going on in Jersey. You're definitely, and you're right outside New York. You're near DC. Well, kind of, but like, and also New Jersey itself is just, it's just prime for weird shit happening in it. Well, Jersey's the odd center of the universe. That's kind of the, the thing that I've come to the conclusion of. But uh, the other weird one too is like, it's a, uh, we do loser receptions where it's uh, an American loser making an appearance within another American loser episode. Cause some of these, like a ton of these people are all tied into one another. Oh, okay. So, dude, this is the guy I think you would like. Uh, there's a dude named Dan Sickles. I don't think you probably have ever heard of him in your life, right? Nope. All right. This guy fucking rules. Um, he, <laughs> he was super corrupt, super corrupt dude from New York um, who got elected to the U.S. House of Representatives. Okay. He had a smoke show of a, a wife. He had an Italian wife, uh, which was like, you know, kind of new. It was before the big um, Italian immigration wave. So she's considered one of the prettiest people in all of Washington, D.C. And he cheats on her almost like all the time, like you can always find him at like a, a whorehouse or something like that. He actually would bring prostitutes with him overseas and introduce them as his wife to like dignitaries and shit. Wait, what year was this? This is pre-Civil War. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. This is like way, but you could just do that. No one's going to look it up. You can't fucking That's check. the best part. You can't check his Instagram to see if he's lying. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, uh, he winds up uh, because he's cheating on the wife all the time and she knows it. She winds up cheating on him, and she winds up, I think it's, uh, if I remember right, it's Francis Scott Key's uh, son or grandson. I can't remember. Mm. But that's the guy that wrote the Star Spangled Banner. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Dan Sickles finds out about this and uh, waits for the guy out in front of his house after the guy's done, like, fucking around with his wife and uh, shoots him in broad daylight. Damn. Yeah, gets away with it. They used It was the first time that they used criminal insanity. Oh, really? Yeah, and it worked. And when they, uh, when he was found wait. not guilty, keep going. No, no, I was going to make a dumb joke where I was like, wait, he fucking went to court and was just like, I, got, I went insane through cuckery? <laughs> <laughs> it, and yes, you're correct. <laughs> and it worked. And then a marching band showed up at the, the, um, the trial and played him out in the street like a hero when he got uh, found not guilty. That's right? hilarious. Then he goes and fights in uh, uh, Gettysburg uh, and makes this awful move where he winds up moving his men out of position and gets a ton of them killed. He gets his own leg blown off um, by a cannon. Okay. And then he has the leg preserved and kept in a barrel in a museum. You can go visit his leg to this day. And <laughs> Where's that at? Uh, that, I think, is in the, it's the U.S. Army Hospital Museum, I think. Okay. But, um, yeah, then he, there was a whole big thing, too, where he was going to be, uh, he's going to have a monument made for him at Gettysburg. But uh, he embezzled the money. <laughs> this guy like he's rules. Just, uh, dude, he, is, he also tried to start a <laughs> war with the United States and Spain when he was the ambassador to uh, Spain because he was fucking the deposed queen over there. The queen was mm. out of power, but he was hooking up with her. So he's, oh, uh, dude, his whole life is a shit show. And dude, I was like, this, if, th- 
I was just gonna say, if they ever mentioned that in any college or high school class you ever took, like you're paying attention to that. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, dude. That's why they need to get. That's why they need to get rid of like so many regulations and all this shit, just so we could have like more interesting stories. Because like every documentary you see now is just like, yeah, this guy did this thing, then we took it to court, and then we fucking did a plea bargain, and we just waited and dated. And you're like, nah, man, we need to be doing wild shit where we're fucking. <laughs> Get rid of all the get rid of all the rules. Let us do wild shit again. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Um, so wait, why uh, why do why do you call it American Loser specifically? Uh, well, we were trying to find the biggest losers from American history, and that could be like a, a person who was a really good guy that just never got the credit they deserve, or it could be a total scumbag like uh, Dan Sickles. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a couple of really interesting. There's a dude named Soapy Smith that we just did an episode on that was mm-hmm. really good. Um, he used to, he was like the greatest con man of all time. Mm. He used to sell people uh, bars of soap with a prize inside. Yeah. But it would always be the people that won were people that worked for him. And he would just sell like maybe thousands of bars of soap. Like he's pretty much Fight Club before Fight Club. <laughs> but yeah, dude, it, it's fun, man. I, I, we should try to make it a little less boring. Yeah, yeah. No, that sounds. I def I did um I did a dude's podcast. It was like a conspiracy podcast, and it's just and I, we did an episode about um what the f- Oklahoma City bombing, and it's just it's just fun to have like you know oh by the end of the week I need to know a shit ton about this. So like you set yourself on a path to fucking look up all that stuff. Is it? Do you guys do it every week? We do. It's um. Like it's such a you, fun thing. You do, oh, do you, so you do a new person every week and shit. Yeah, which sucks because uh, as fun as it is and as unique as it is, um, we do wind up realizing we have to write a fucking term paper every five days. Oh, uh, you do like a layout and everything. Yeah, it's well because you want to make sure that you have the info right. Because I mean, people are. I, I had a couple of weird things. We put an episode up on YouTube that got uh, some huge traction. Okay. And, uh, but in the comments, there's so many people that are trying to like come after you. Like he's actually, he was born in uh, Pennsylvania, not New Jersey, you idiot or something like that. And mm. I was like, like, dude, look back at what I said. We said born in Pennsylvania, raised in New Jersey. Like that people are so quick to come at you with that. So you got to have your shit, you know, lined up. People get their dick hard to like find fucking inconsistencies or like. Uh, actually. Yeah. No. Cause I was fucking, I was thinking about, I used to be that guy too, that whole contrarian where you're just like, I want to figure out why this thing everyone likes actually fucking sucks. And you try to, <laughs> you try to be the fucking, you know, the people, I mean, it's the internet. People love to fucking be like, wait, no, why does this, why does this fucking suck? Um, What's like a good example for you of something that you found that sucked that everybody else liked? Because usually there's more truth to that than um, people want to admit. Um, I'm trying to remember. I remember I was doing it with, uh, I remember because like back in the day, and this is, this is what's ridiculous too, is like I came up listening, like I still listen to like early fallout boy unironically so like the idea <laughs> that i would ever get pretentious with music is insane like i'll fucking like i still listen to like blink often and love it to goddamn death but like i remember the one that would get me would be like because i was always, i've always been huge into music it would just be like the beatles i remember people would just be like jerking them off all the time i just feel like <laughs> like they're not fucking good nah you need to check out this hardcore punk band no one knows that they recorded their shit really poorly and stuff. But then, you know, you just realize you're like, and I do, I do think though, I do think though it did help that the Beatles had like the best marketing department. Cause I always say like, there's a reason that the bands we all look back at and look at like the classic bands are all the ones that have t-shirts at Kohl's. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) it's like Creedence, like Creedence Clearwater Revival is better than a lot of those. And I'm not saying they fucking suck. Like, cause you, people would hear this and go like, I fucking saw Jimi Hendrix and Kohl's. It's like, yeah, Jim, no, Jimi Hendrix was like the greatest guitarist in my opinion. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying like the classic bands we love are always, there's a lot of classic bands we love that had the best PR departments. Um, wait, I got off on a tangent. Oh, I was going to say this. No, like the Beatles are good. Like there is a re and if you also look at the sort of like time frame of when they come out and you know what the world was like, yada, 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 it makes complete sense why they blew up. It makes it because they're a good band, right place, right time, yada, yada, yada. 
Um, but the other part that makes me laugh so fucking hard. Did you see that movie that came out where the guy, like, no one in the world for some reason knew about the Beatles, but he knew all the songs by the Beatles. And then he goes out and just starts playing Beatles songs and becomes, like, the biggest guy in the world. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if with modern context of, like, you know, like, we know rap music and, <laughs> like, we know all this other shit. I don't know if the Beatles would blow the fuck up the same way as like you know what i mean like if no one ever heard of the beatles and they came out right now would they blow up as hard as they did back in like the 60s and 70s it would it's, now the funny thing is that you're talking about the advertising department it'd be crazy to see what trends they would try to push on because we know the members of the beatles as who they were or are during their lifetimes um but it would be weird if all of a sudden you saw like uh, you know Paul McCartney had like uh, a Justin Bieber haircut and like he's showing up with the tattoos and then uh, John's the bad boy or something like that and he's gonna smoke a cigarette. Yeah, so, dude, they would they would book him just like fucking like One Direction and shit. Doesn't it would not shock me. Fucking Ringo Starr walking around with a man purse. Yeah. Um, the I, weirdest thing I heard about the Beatles, this was actually pretty cool, is um. It was Kurt Cobain's aunt was saying that the reason why Nirvana was the biggest band in the Seattle scene that they took off is because they were a punk rock band that loved the Beatles. Really? What is that? Wait. So if you, it, it's crazy. You have to like think about it and like listen for it. But uh, when you hear some of the melodies <clears throat> that, uh, you know, Nirvana's putting together, if you, you could almost sing them in a uh, John Lennon, Paul McCartney type style. Okay. So it just put like a little bit of a thicker British accent on it and do like more of the, the poppy kind of thing that they were doing. But then they were mixing that up with like the thrashing of the guitar and everything. And Interesting. Grow going nuts on the drums. Damn, I'm going to have to listen to Nirvana today because I can't, I haven't listened to them in a minute. Not that I don't remember what they sound like, but I got to listen to them to hear what you're talking about. You know what? Also, um, if you like Nirvana, you got to give props to bands like the Pixies because I was reading, <laughs> I was reading uh, Kurt, one of the Kurt Cobain books. I think it was called heavier than heaven. And they pretty much, I'm not going to say he like ripped them off, but he pretty much was like hugely inspired by the style of like that basic, like, like really quiet verses, super loud choruses. Like that was, you know broken down to a really simplistic way that was the basic pixie song structure they would go real quiet on the verses and then when the choruses would hit they would just be real real big and then kirk because kirk cobain liked the pixies a lot and he just basically applied that to his shit you know combined it with like he liked punk rock and then that kind of turned into grunge and shit yeah, he was, uh, they were legit. And also Pixies just uh, always deserves a shout out ever. You know, like, dude, they, it's crazy how good that catalog is. Yeah, I, I have a, I have to go back because I have a skewed uh, opinion on the Pixies because um, when my, when I was in high school, my brother would drive me into school every day and he would literally, he would either play REM, They Might Be Giants or the Pixies and would very never let me pick the songs very rarely diverted from them so out of pure hatred for my brother i like i get like ptsd with the pixies so i don't know <laughs> i don't know if i like them or not i don't have an honest assessment of them but i do have to take the time to go back and listen to them to see if i actually like them or not i think it's the here comes your man uh video that they did because uh, pixies are fascinating because i mean it when I found out about them, I won't lie, dude. It was, it was Fight, Fight Club. That's what did it for me. Same, same. But they were around for forever before that. And then um, the video for Here Comes Your Man is one of the weirdest music videos I've ever seen in my life because they refused, apparently, to uh, lip sync the song. They didn't want to sing into a camera. They didn't want to, like, fake sing into a camera kind of thing. Like, they didn't want to just do that. We're going to move our mouths, make it look like we're saying the words. So... Uh, anytime you watch that video, their mouths are just open the entire time. <laughs> so it's just them with their jaw, just like pretty much gaping mouth wide open because they refuse to work with the director on that. So then the director did these weird effects where it's like they're zooming in and out, doing like funhouse mirror shit on their heads and stuff. It's a very weird music video, but it'll give you some appreciation for them if you didn't have it already. That's so funny. That reminds me, do you ever see, yo, what's your... I'm, I have like eight ideas at the same time. No, I just <laughs> <laughs> you just reminded me of there's that like classic um, 
there's that like classic Nirvana live quote unquote live uh, 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 a video of them on some like it was like some German or British talk show where I guess the way that they did the live performances is they would like they would have the you know for mixing and sound purposes they would have the bands just play along to a backing track so like the drums would be live but the guitar and vocals weren't actually live and like Nirvana was annoyed by this so they just decided to like you know fuck off and just as the songs <laughs> as the songs playing like they're just doing whatever they want and i always it was funny that's one of those things I always get mixed about because as a kid, as a kid, I would see that and be like, yeah, fuck authority, fuck them, do whatever you fucking want. And then you like grow up and I don't know, I have more of the opinion of just like, come on, man, you knew what the, you knew what the deal was going in. They told you what the, what it was. It's almost like, I don't know, but I'm always like mixed about that shit. Oh, totally, dude. There's, uh, I, I guess also like at the weird levels of show business that we operate in, it's, um, you can kind of see where you're like, oh, dude, this person's just have they want to have their moment right now. This guy's trying to make, uh, this is a check for him. He's doing that. Like, you, you got to do those things. And then you see, like, somebody like Nirvana come in. I actually, you ever go see shows down at uh, Starland Ballroom in Sayreville? Uh, yeah, yeah, a couple. So, uh, one of my great buddies, awesome comic, uh, Chris Johnston, he's actually the stage manager for them. Mm-hmm. And so, what he does is if you ever needed work or something like that, like, you know, in, uh, before the pandemic and everything, you could go do like roadie work for them, be like part of the house crew. Oh, cool. And uh, it's one of the funniest things ever is that uh, there's that Henry Rollins quote up on the wall that was about like uh, talking about how the crew works harder than the artists, the art, no one cares about your bullshit, you know, get off on time, respect them. These people are the only Mm -hmm. reason the show's working and everything. You know, like, yeah, I get get that now. So it's cool to be a rock star and be a dickhead to people and kind of call your own shots. But at the end of the day, man, that just, it, these guys are making like $15 an hour to make you sound good. And then I also have like, oh, by the way, there's um, there's a fucking, I watched a Henry Rollins interview that literally like is what we're saying. Where did you ever see that old clip of him and some kids just trying to like interview him for his fucking whatever local whatever show and like henry rollins is just being a lot and like the kids at like the kid maybe asked him a shitty question or two and henry rollins is just like like true authentic punk rocker and like getting in his face and just being real shitty and then henry rollins it's like him at 40 or 50 just be like yeah i was a dick i didn't need to do that to him like he (laughs) he was asking bad questions but i was also being a lot but i always think to um I think Andy Kaufman, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll do respect to the to the man, but Andy Kaufman's like the <laughs> best. He's the best example of that. Where, like, I always said, Andy Kaufman was funny when you explained it, but if you ever put yourself in the audience, you'd be like, "Come on, man!" <laughs> the best example is when he would do. Um, he would go on stage. He would read Pride and Prejudice, and the crowd would just get slowly angrier and angrier at him because they just want him to do like the foreigner or the Mighty Mouse bit. They just wanted to do him the things they knew, and he would just keep. He would get mad at them, just keep reading it, and then they just start booing him. So he would get fed up, close the book, and he's like, "I'm out of here," and then press play on the tape recorder and walk out, and the tape recorder would pick up where he stopped reading <laughs> which is right now so goddamn funny to hear but then put yourself you're like come on man like i got a babysitter i drove an hour and a half i had to pay for parking like i paid for these tickets like can you just put on a show like it's <laughs> it's always that like mixed reaction i have to certain things and it's weird too because uh I'd say the other end of the spectrum on that is like, I know a couple of people and I, I won't say the name because uh, I, I don't want it to sound disparaging, but uh, let's say there's a, a Italian comic that's pretty famous on the East coast over okay. here. Um, and I know for a fact that he wants to do more stuff, Like he's trying to, he wants to develop like the next hour, if you will, or whatever, mm-hmm. but people keep coming back and then they request him to do the old bits back to them. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of stuck in this weird spot where he's like, all right, well, do I want to take the next step and do something I'm going to find like creatively satisfying, or am I going to just play the hits to these people that keep paying good money to come see me play the fucking hits? Mm-hmm. I heard, yeah. uh, I heard Burt Kreischer talk about that with the whole machine story. 
And he's basically like, I, th- I forget what he said he does where he's like, I'm going to tell the story. Don't worry. <laughs> and then he does like a full hour of stand-up and then bangs out the machine story. He actually did it really funny on his last special where he does his whole special. And then he walks off stage, comes back out, and he's like, when I was 18, I helped rob a train or I helped rob a train with the Russian mafia. And then it like goes to black and then hits the credits. And you're like, ah, oh, that's kind of clever how you did that. <laughs> no, I feel that though. That's gotta be, that's gotta be a lot, especially as a comic. Cause you're so used to like turning over material. Like that's the whole thing, doing new, new, new material. And then you get people who are just like, nah, dude, that one thing you did fucking 20 years ago, do that. Well, it'll hurt too, because uh, sometimes like uh, stand up's such a shitty thing too, because uh, it's the most people want to come see you do it before you have a chance to get good at it. What so do you like, mean? Like uh, when you first are gonna be like, "Hey, I'm doing stand up." Oh. Everybody wants to come out and see, you, but they're it's kind of shitty of them because it sounds like it's support, but really part of the thrill for them is hoping that you bomb, mm. right? And then by the time you actually put enough effort into it to get, you know, good where, you know, it, it's worth uh, the price of admission, if you will, mm. um, then those people are like, they don't want to come anymore. Like, oh, yeah, I've seen your act. I've seen you do your thing. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I had a friend that came back and saw me goes, oh, yeah, you, you don't do that. Um, you don't do that bit anymore uh, where you do the, the Bobcat Goldwaith impression. And I was like, dude, that was the first five minutes I ever wrote. Um, if I was still doing that joke, I wouldn't respect myself. Yeah, yeah. It's just so... It's, it's, and it's, you know, people don't have time to understand the intricacies of fucking stand up and stuff, but it's so, I was just talking to a dude last night. That's why I feel like, cause like I'm heavy, uh, crowd work, I'm heavy crowd work. And like my biggest goal is like when an audience member comes up to me and goes, Oh my God, it looked like you were just talking up there. Like that's, <laughs> that's what I want to hear. Cause that's what I'm going for. But it's this weird thing where it's made me get less angry when audience members like talk during your set or yell shit out because I'm like, they don't like, I'm, I, I'm trying to trick them. And then they look at me as just talking. So they're like, Oh, we're just fucking spitballing and shooting the shit. And so it's like, I can't get mad that they got tricked. But also, but like, I'm not saying like, oh yeah, just talk to her in my set. Like, still shut the fuck up. <laughs> but like, it's your fault because you did it convincingly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I don't know, dude. It's just like a weird thing where it's just like, it's just like we are we are trying to make them think we're just doing this in the moment. It's that weird balance because like on one hand, I do I I am patient sometimes when people yell too much out. So like I I like get their perspective, but I am also like please shut the fuck up. <laughs> there was a, a guy, one of my uh, great buddies. Um, he's since left doing stand up. He's moved on to a, a pretty awesome career uh, as a teacher, actually. Nice. But, um, he used to do, he had canned crowd work, you know, where it seemed like it was in the moment, but he was actually very diligent with like, all right, and this is what I'm going to say here. And at this time, but it would seem like stream of consciousness for him. So yeah. uh, the problem he would have is that he would do a gig and then, uh, uh, like one year and then they like it'd be like a fundraiser gig where like every year we get together and raise money for this thing or whatever you know fucking weird ass jersey shows you gotta go play an elks lodge every now and then yeah yeah and uh so the elks lodge in, in this one particular instance was like hey uh we want to bring so-and-so back and uh the booker told me he's like oh yeah i can't really uh i don't like to send the same comics because you know that i want you guys to see new material and stuff and they said oh no he was just up there making fun of the room he was you know he'd come back and just do that again and uh, my buddy, the comic, he actually turned it down because he's like, I can't go back there because it's going to be the same. What they thought, I don't want to reveal the magic trick to them. <laughs> yeah. You know, so he was stuck with that shit. Yeah, that's why I always found like crowd work was such. I remember doing like open mics and you'd see new comics who were like, these are my jokes. I'm locked into my jokes. And you'd have like a you have a audience member who was just being unruly and you would just watching them not being able to deal with it. It made me realize like, also too, I just came up being like a huge Patrice fan and shit. (laughs) So I was like, I was like, Oh, crowd work rules. And if you do it well, I don't know. It almost felt like I always had this thing where it's like, yeah, it's like, 
when you have a joke that you've done a million times and you know is amazing and it does well, you're almost like, yeah, that's supposed to do well. But if you're in the moment, like trying to figure it out and just freestyling and then something hits, like I was like something hits the same level as like a normal planned out joke like that to me is so much more satisfying. And it's just from a survival standpoint too, like I was saying before, it just helps so much to be able to do that kind of shit, to be able to break it up and go away from the script like that. It's fun, man. Cause it's uh it gets wild too, because uh, it, it's a fun game to play with a crowd. And also if you can have a, it sucks, but if you can have a moment of crowd work, that's just even like, just a, a good moment because it feels like uh, it happened organically. The room yeah. will go fucking nuts about it. No, dude, I literally just, and it sounds like I'm jerking myself off, but that literally happened. <laughs> literally happened. No, dude, it felt so good because like there was this lady in the audience. She like, I said some shit and she, dude, she like screamed out a fucking paragraph of info. And so like, I, I just came at her being like, I was like, lady, you can't have, you gotta, you gotta yell one thing or be quick with your thing if you're going to yell out. And then I started like making fun of her, just imitating her doing a long thing. And it just like, she was being annoying. The crowd didn't like her. And then it just, it just connected with the crowd of like, yes, this is the exact reason why we hate her, what you're saying. And there was this like, (laughs) there was this beautiful, I felt bad for the lady, but there was this beautiful moment of all, all of us like, we all like we're on the same level of like, yes, this is why she sucks. <laughs> it's just like a, it's just funny how, how it's just funny how you can like tap into that shit and without everyone in the everyone in the audience without talking about it are just like, yeah, we're all on the same page with what you're saying right now, and we're all feeling the same thing at the same time. I, I don't want to tell his story um, out of turn or anything, but it was pretty amazing. Uh, so Bobby Kelly, uh, he, he let me open for him uh, in uh, Newtown, Pennsylvania. And there was this group of chicks up front who just wouldn't shut the fuck up. So mm-hmm. uh, Colin Turrell goes up and he's like trying to crowd work them to get them to at least focus on the show. And then they keep talking, but they're doing that shitty thing where it's they're talking to the comic and then the comic makes something happen. Colin did a great job. He's like, he's spinning it into material. and he's work- But as soon as he stopped the focus on them, they went back to talking amongst themselves. Mm. And it was wild, man. Uh, they, they were so shitty. I wound up having to say something to him uh, when I went up next. And then uh, Bobby goes out there and we find out that the fucking, the chick, the one, not the chick who was being the pain in the ass who wound up getting kicked out of the show. Bobby kicked her out from the stage. Um, the chick that she was with was actually Bobby's ex-girlfriend from like when they were like in high school together or something. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, it was a why. It was an unpredictable night because then like a, uh, you know, Bobby was like playfully yelling at me about it after he goes, dude, when somebody's like shitty like that, you just got to get rid of him. I was like, I'm not going to kick your ex-girlfriend from high school out of a show before you get on stage. Cause she's talking during my jokes. Like that's, I don't <laughs> have that kind of balls, man. But yeah. That's, that a, that, that's a weird one. Kicking people out. Actually, I'll, I'll, uh, I will also tell someone else's story. Uh, Cause I went to go fucking uh, Shane Gillis. He was doing a show in Jersey uh, a couple months ago so uh, me and Nate went to go because me me and Nate are uh, are cool with Shane and shit so we went to go hang out he's good people yeah yeah he's a good time Shane Gill's a good time um, we and they were watching the fights and shit so um, we went to go hang out there was this table in the fucking uh, in the fucking room they were just they wouldn't shut up he was being very direct like he would be funny about it but then he'd be very straightforward like guys you got to shut the fuck up or I'm going to kick you out. Like, I've never done this before. You're bothering me that much. You got (laughs) to shut the fuck up or I'm going to kick you guys out. And they wouldn't shut the fuck up. So long story short, he's like, all right. And he goes to, he's like, I forget who the manager's name was. He's like, you got to get him out of here. So they get him out and then like shows over. We're talking about it. They're like, God damn it. They fucking suck. Da da da. And they're like, all right, let's go back up to the room. Uh, it was like some big UFC event was on that night. They had it like saved up so we could watch, you know, watch it from start to finish. And as we're going, fucking in the hallway, right before we're about to get the uh, oh, no. Shane's room, oh, no. the table he kicked out <laughs> is there, like hammered. Like, why'd you fucking kick us out? Uh. And it was just like 
it was the weirdest thing ever because I'm like, I don't, I don't know how many times a comic ha- like would kick a table out and then later has to discuss with them and break down why they got kicked out. It was so odd. It was so odd to watch. Isn't it fun? Because those people have no idea, like they're, they're actually that far disconnected from what they're doing that they don't understand why they're the bad guy. Yeah, it's, 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 and you do, you do a lot of times feel like cunty or selfish as a comic, but it's like, it seems pretty simple. Like, just don't, just don't talk. You know what I mean? Like, just be, it's, it's okay. You came here to be entertained we're gonna take care of every step of the way for you you just gotta sit back drink your beers eat your chicken fingers have a great fucking time you don't gotta do shit just be quiet there's a a table the only time i've ever kind of lost my cool on stage i remember just sitting there (coughs) one table to the right of the stage would not shut up they like just kept talking kept talking then i'd address them then they'd look at me and laugh and then they'd still where i go nuts is when you uh, stop looking at me and then turn back to the people at the table so then you can carry out a conversation there. Like, mm. Because to me, now you're disrespecting me, right? Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm supposed to be the focal point up here. I've prepared stuff. Like you're not, you're here for you at that point if you're ignoring me and the stuff like that, the effort that I put in. So uh, I wind up just going nuts and it's almost always women at the table. And I remember just sitting there screaming at the one dude. I was like, will you shut these fucking bitches up, dude? Just shut the fuck up, man. Shut the fuck. And I didn't realize it was that bad because I thought I was trying to like handle a little bit calm. But uh, uh, another table just goes, uh, they go, we got you, KP. Like, and then they, they, they're like, you can do it. Like they're like having a moment, like, like let's wheel this kid back from the brink that he's on right now. And uh, I walked off stage and the club owner goes, uh, I was opening for my buddy Joe Fernandez, one of my, my fucking best friends. And uh, Joe Fernandez is up on stage now, uh, and he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, sorry about the hecklers, man. And his opening line was, he goes, yeah, so apparently KP hates my brother and points to the table. And it was, it was Joe's brother and a bunch of his friends that came out to see him. And it was like, so the club owner told me, he goes, anybody else would have kicked out, but it was literally Joe's brother. The headliner's brother was here. So that's, <laughs> that's why he didn't give a fuck about your dick jokes. That's so fucking funny, dude. Oh, my God. Well, hey, man, uh, I got to wrap it up here. Um, I thank you so much for coming on the podcast, dude. It's fucking fun, buddy. Good to hang with you. Yeah, I'm honestly, I have, I'm actually fucking pissed I have a thing to go to. This was a fucking blast. I still want to <laughs> ask you. I got to have you back on. Cause um, I saw you did a shit ton of those roast battles and stuff uh, with Comedy Fight Club. That's actually where we met and all that shit. So I'll definitely have you back on, and we definitely got to talk about roast battling and shit. But this was awesome, KP. Let people know where to check you out. Remind them about your podcast. I'll have all this info down below. But still, <laughs> let let them let them know where to check you the fuck out. No, thank you, but it was good bumping into you the other night too. Uh, on top of that, yeah. But uh, now that I know you're in Jersey. You. Do me a solid and come by and do loser. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, that was the funniest thing. We were like, me and KP were over at Stress the other night, and we were shooting the shit, and we just realized, we're like, wait a minute. You and me been living fucking 20 minutes from each other for what? The past, like, two years? And we just didn't know? Like, we both, it was so goddamn funny because I get so many people just going like you're from philly right i, I still get it i don't know why maybe I'm people just think not, i'm in new york that's why yeah i get people asking and like all and you and me were like you're in philly right now right and then we're like no we're both in jersey well no it just makes up we're gonna fucking hang then that's the bottom line but yeah uh, yeah dude. i appreciate this man it's fun uh shooting this shit with you but it's uh at kp burke sucks over on instagram uh kp burke on facebook i'm a dinosaur i still use facebook i like to write jokes on there and promote <laughs> shit <laughs> Uh, the show's called uh, American Loser. It's uh, anywhere podcasts are available. Check that one out. We have a total back catalog. If you really get obsessed with it, uh, the Patreon does have the Patreon exclusive stuff, which is always pretty cool. That's going to be our next one. We're covering the uh, USS Indianapolis next. That's the, uh, that's the boat that Quinn was on from Jaws. Okay. So that's going to be uh, a pretty wild. So they get sunk by a Japanese uh, uh, submarine. And then as they're left out in the water, the sharks just come around and start eating motherfuckers. God damn, dude. Well, that sounds fucking awesome. KP, thank you so much for coming on, man. Have a great day. Thank you, pal. Hell yeah.